Welcome back, baby. I, as always, am your gracious host, Chris Schnabel, and this is Offstage Radio. Today, we have a great guest joining us. He's from ESPN Radio. He did the Michael K Show. He's the producer on the Michael K Show. He's now the producer for DCR at 5 o'clock in the morning. Nice morning drive show. RJ Santillo will be joining us. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, I have uh, can't wait to see what goes on with the Brockport t-shirt here. So he went to Brockport. As uh, some of you may know, my friend Chandler coached at Brockport. So I decided to break out the old Brockport football shirt and see what he says. See if he has any opinion on it and see if he's a, a big fan. I haven't told him that I'm going to be wearing this. and there's We'll see how it goes. We'll just have to see how it goes. But stay right there. RJ's coming up right now. Stay with us. Offstage Radio. All right, welcome back, Offstage Radio. We got our guest, RJ Santillo. RJ, how's it going? Not bad, man. Not bad. Trying to trying to keep it all between the white lines. This is a crazy world out there right now. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's no. It's crazy. The craziest thing is, so I, I don't. I, I usually don't go out, but I gotta go out for groceries and stuff like that. And one thing that just blows my mind is how many people, and it might just be a scary thing for the world. How many people just don't know how to wear a mask? Like, not like the physically not wearing. They wear it like this or like this or like that. It's like, it does it have to come with instructions? Does it? <laughs> there's too many. There's too many line steppers out there. There's too many. It's it's crazy. And I, I know, like, not to get into political, but there's a reason some people don't wear masks. Whatever, but, like, not wearing a mask is one thing. That's that's your decision. I don't like the decision, but I get you're making your, your dumb decision. You could be dumb. That's fine. But, like, wearing the mask and not wearing it correctly makes me think like you don't know how to wear a mask like it just look at anybody else just look at anybody there's thousands of people around you wearing a mask i just, i can go off on i feel like i go off on this all the time so i could go it's off like, on this. it's like when you're it's like when you're in school they tell you not to look at your neighbor's paper like they're encouraged you to cheat all the time you're like in real life like, look at <laughs> look at your neighbor yeah. look, look at, at what they're doing. see what they're doing or just like Think about it. Just think about it. Like, if you don't want the breath, if you, it's not supposed to come from your mouth. You know, the same thing that comes out of your nose comes from your mouth. It comes from the same place. <laughs> it's not coming. It's not like one lung does one thing and the other lung does the other. They do the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> it makes no sense. And I it see it all the time. And I'm like, and I'm I'm someone that points it out. I'm like, yo, wear your mask. Like, what are you doing? It's it's for my safety, not yours. Like, you're being selfish. Now, I'm be selfish. Wear your mask. Like, I don't want to get sick from you. Especially not from you, the person that doesn't know how to wear a mask. But <laughs> on to the next one there. Um, before the show started, you were bringing up my Brockport T-shirt, so I'll just get right into it. So we yeah, saw you. Get we you went to Brockport. My best friend from New York was uh, the defensive backs coach and special team coach at Brockport. He just left. Uh, he probably wasn't there. He wasn't there when you were there. Um, nah, I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> he he just left. He joined in let's say twenty. 15 or 16 and he was there so he was there when they were on the rise and really he was there for the final four appearance i don't know how much you keep up with brockport football oh, i keep up a ton i, 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 I they've been pretty good basically my yeah i won't get into a, a deep dive on brockport football but basically my whole time there i travel around with them did, did the whole nine so no, please get yeah. into the deep dive with brockport football i i actually because <laughs> my friend was there i i watched all the games 
I was I went to a bunch of games. And I mean, I was from I'm from Middletown, so I actually lived in Boston. So I was either in Boston or in Middletown, New York, which is eight hours away and seven hours away. And I would drive all the way up to see him and go to a game, like when they went to the playoffs and all that stuff. So I'm you could talk all Brockport football. I'm so about it. I'm with it's, it. It's wild how good they got. Like they were they were solid when I was there. They were solid, but Boy, after I left, they got they got a new locker room. They're going to Final Fours. Oh. Like they're playing like they were they're one round away from playing Mount Union. Like that's the D three school most people have heard of, or, or UW yeah. Whitewater. They played. Uh, they, they played one of them. There's two that are the D three schools that are just the elite of the elite, and they played the one in in the Final Four, and they lost like twenty to nothing, which is so impressive for a team that puts up forty nine points a game. They lost twenty to nothing. That defense was great. Have you seen the new locker rooms they got? I've seen the videos there. It's incredible. Oh, it, it is, it is, um, when they fi- first got it, my friend, his name's Chandler, uh, called me up and, and I went up there and he's like, I got to show you the locker rooms. And I went in and I was like, are you guys a professional team? <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. There's led lighting and stuff. And for yeah. three schools, like it's to have that kind of asset to sell. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's really it's wild. Huge. It's huge for recruiting. Seeing it, you can't give out scholarships or anything like that. But when they go in and they see that, and like, there's like the, the so the light switch, you can control like the lights. You could do different mood stuff like that. You control the radio. You control all this stuff. It's just, it's bizarre. It's I mean, I didn't play in college, but when I played, the locker rooms barely had like lockers on them. Like they were just <laughs> holes in the wall that you put your stuff in and hope nobody stole it from. <laughs> yeah, if you came back from practice, your stuff was there. That, that's a win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, thank God, this was a good day. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, I'm going to wear it because I know he's going to bring it up and we can talk about oh, it. football. It's great. I have actually I multiple. Uh, um, when we were doing our writer's room yesterday, I was wearing a different Brockport shirt. And I was like, you went to Brockport. And I was like, yeah, I'm wearing a Brockport shirt right now. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, like, I, th- I thought I missed something in the, in the lead up to this. I was like, oh, I feel really stupid because I feel like that, I, that's something I would have touched on and picked up on. It. So oh, no, this I wanted to surprise with this. I wanted you to be like, how does he know about Brockport? How did, oh, <laughs> what, did he go I, there? I, was, I, I know you got other stuff to get to. I was this. That's one of the true casualties of this year was lower level football like that because they're, yeah. in the, they're basically in the midst of their of their. You know, and it's for anyone, whatever school you went to, high school, college, you're in the most successful era they've ever been in by far. And it's just kind of like you wonder after this, like what happens? Yeah, some teams are really going to take a hit because if you were, first of all, if you were a low level team that didn't have good recruiting in the first place, just imagine now, you know, knowing that you weren't, you have to promote from two years ago where you were one and nine, then you didn't have a season. And that now you're trying to bring in, it's, it's got to be rough, but any low level team, I mean, even Brockport's going to struggle a little bit because they didn't have a season. You don't know what's coming back. You took a year off. It's just. Yeah. And I mean, unless you're, unless you're really talking about like Ohio state and Alabama, like even a lot of these D one school teams, like they're, they're, they're breaking even like they're, 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 these athletic departments. And this is not, this, this doesn't count D three. Like we're talking about Brockport where athletics don't generate revenue really. You know what I mean? Like, so even these D1 schools where I'd take, I don't know, Syracuse, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the money's come from the, not even the football program, the, the basketball program. And they're funding, you know, the lacrosse program, the swimming diving team, like men's and women's baseball, softball. So that's why like, they're going to play March Madness this year. They have to, yeah. they absolutely. There's a reason they played college football this year. Was it morally and 
ethically the right thing to do? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. But there's a reason even where you are, you're out in, on the West Coast where the Pac-12 wasn't going to play. And then all of a sudden, well, guess what? We're playing football because, I mean, look what Stanford did. They Stanford cut like a dozen programs like in last May. Mm-hmm. And that yes. just kind of tells you what's going to happen if, if these schools aren't, aren't able to, to get certain programs and get certain tournaments on the field because they just they won't be able to, to, to fund anything. The whole athletic department will collapse. Yeah. And, and I was going to bring that up. There's a ton of programs, like not the basketballs and footballs that are the baseballs are getting cut, softball, volleyball, like all these schools have to cut these sports because they just can't afford to keep them out there because of the pandemic. So I, I understand why college football came back. Them powering through it was was rough to watch. You're just sitting there like, oh, my goodness, man. They just another team's going down. Another team's going down. They talk about the Pac-12. They just canned the 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 president or the guy that runs the show. They just canned him. They said, yeah, see I you later. Yeah. I saw he pocketed like $40 million in the process. Oh, yeah. Well, they're not going to let he's not going to go for free. Right. <laughs> Gone. I know, you know, sports. He's ain't going. He ain't going nowhere for free. You know, he's got to get a little severance. Like, package. So over here, like in the Northeast, like um, Sir, I think Syracuse basketball, it's it's January. I think they've paused twice already and they've already had other guys on a third round of like individual pauses like that. It's just. To, to say it's they're trucking through, I mean, that's a disservice to trucks. Like, what kind of truck are we talking about? Like, they're, they're like a tank right now. Like, they're just taking slings and arrows left and right, and they're just going to keep going. And, and you're talking about Syracuse. We're here at Gonzaga. Gonzaga had the pause. They had one. They're the number one team in the country. Far and away the best team in the country right now. And uh, how do you feel if you're, if, if you're Mark Few and those guys? Like, you're fine. Like, this is it. This could be it, finally. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the thought last year. Before I canceled March Madness, like, oh, this could be it. And then they're like, ah, no March Madness. They're going to play this year. Yeah, they're going to play. Oh, I know. Trust me. Uh, we hear it all the time. I actually work in the uh, with the broadcast team, so I hear all about it. I hear all about it. And it was nice. I actually worked um, my first game the other day watching live sports. Oh, my goodness. I needed that. I needed that. Therapeutic. It's it's they were playing Pepperdine. I don't care. I don't care how they're playing. I they could have played. Good, they they could have played five guys from the YMCA, and we we'd all sit and watch. I was gonna say they could just been running a, a skeletons a skeletons practice. I would have been fine <laughs> just sitting there and watching them. It's just tough. Just to go back to that time from what was it March till August? Like I know there was golf and there was NASCAR, but when you know the NBA bubble came back and the NHL bubble, mm-hmm. people often are, are they're hyperbolic when they say i don't I, I don't know how i got through that i actually don't know how like I, I think back to it now and i still remember exactly how i felt like mm-hmm. you go through your day and all you're hearing about is people getting sick people dying people losing their jobs then you go home and there's no sports there's no, no anything there, there's no distraction barely, there's barely studio programming like people are in their living rooms and the quality's gone way up since then yeah studio shows like people have full studios in their homes now but back then it's it's like this it's zoom this is how you're watching the evening news in your city like you're yeah. watching on zoom like oh man it's, it's, it's just it's, nuts it was nuts living through history we i i said i say that all the time it's crazy the amount of history we've lived through and like 
30, 40 years, kids are going to be living, learning about this that we're living through. It's just nuts to be a part of uh, a couple friends. And I, when the pandemic first started, um, I think it was about 12 people. We did an MLB, the show fantasy draft, and we didn't even play it. We watched the computer play each other. That's how deprived we were of sports. We watched MLB, the show play computer each other in a whole season. We did a whole season and just watched every game. We were so deprived. It was, and it, you got, you got like excited over your imaginary team. You're like, yes, let's, yes, let's go home run. Let's go. Oh, it was, we had. It was crazy. But speaking of the pandemic and stuff like that, so you were still commuting to the office at a point to do TMKS um, for anybody that's been living under a rock. He did the Michael K show. Now he's on DCR. We'll get more into both of those in a minute, but you were commuting actually to the office to, to do this show. How was that during the pandemic with nobody being there and having to go in when everybody else was home? Uh, you felt grateful uh, to have a job to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it was every day was nerve wracking. It still kind of is like we've brought people back, but I'd say I can count on one hand, the number of people we've brought back since that time to where we are now. Uh, but it's, it's, it's not even the new normal anymore. It's normal. Like it's going to be February. It's going to be almost a full year you know, in middle of March. So it's crazy. It's, it, you, you, you think about everything. Like you think about, Oh, can I go here? Can I touch this? Who's coming in today? Oh, there's an extra person here. Can we be in the same room? Like, but I mean, to, to have a job, like you don't think about it. Like that's something that would ever happen where, Oh, we're in the line of duty where, you know, if duty calls, we need to go to work. Like we're not nurses. We're not like, we're not even yeah. newsmen. You know what I mean? Like, we talk about sports at the time. We were talking about sports that weren't happening. So <laughs> it felt, it felt, it felt odd to try to go in and talk about sports. But I said from the beginning, you know, at the, at the time, uh, my job required me to be there. So when people were losing their jobs and I mean, a ton of people did end up losing their jobs, like mm. just at, at ESPN alone. And I said, for as long as I'm healthy and I have a job to go to, you know, I'm, I'm going to go. So that's yeah. what I did. We're talking to RJ Santillo. So when you guys were having producers meetings and stuff like that, were they harder or in longer than when you, you know, when sports are going on, um, you have an NBA game, MLB game, this guy got traded, that guy got traded. It's like, I feel like the kind of script can write itself for the show, but when nothing's going on, does it make it like writer's rooms for maybe like another hour or two trying to figure out what can we do to fill this time? The strangest part was in the beginning we weren't even doing sports. We were doing the news. We were yeah. doing a news show for, I'd say, a month or two. You try to mix it in sports, but it seems so trivial because, I mean, especially in New York here, when the first wave really like, – I think the first case was actually in, in Washington, I believe, if, I, if I'm saying yeah. it correctly. Like yep. the, first, the first ever case in the U.S. The first mm-hmm. noted one, anyway. But, Seattle. Yeah, the first – huge wave came in New York, New York mm-hmm. city. And there were a thousand people a day dying just in New York city. And so to try to talk yourself into, boy, you know what we got to get into today, the NFL draft. And I'm, I love the draft. I love sports. I, I truly don't know what else I'd be doing in life if it weren't for sports, but it, it was tough. 
it was tough just to talk about anything. But I would say after a month or two, people just wanted to hear anything. Everybody knew somebody here that had it or was sick or lost their job or whatever, can't pay their bills. So when it got to, you know, April or late April and then I'd say about the NFL draft, that's the first thing we got back to where like, you know what? I know it's scrutinized for it happening in the first place, but I think we all need it, maybe selfishly, but we all needed it. We all needed to get to something. And then after that, we transitioned a little more. We would talk a little more about, about sports every day and we'd try and work it in. And then it became 50, 50, you're doing half news, half updates because news about COVID will be breaking as we were on the air. So we had to talk about it. Yeah. And then I'd say by the time like the bubbles came together, then we're really, we dove back in. And I, I listened to the Michael K show a lot. I listened to it actually when I run in the morning and at night. So I listened to the podcast podcast version, which I know that's, that was your job, right? You were putting the podcast together, putting it up. So thanks for that because I listen to it all the time. Thanks for um, listening. Yeah. So when, when it first happened, I don't remember, obviously you said it was almost a year ago when it first happened with this, was the show canceled for the first day or did they just say, we got to move immediately to the, I think it was on the phone if I remember right. Um, but I'm just a foggy memory. March 13th was our last day. All of us in studio together. I, I think it was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we, we, those guys had already transitioned to home that week. I'd say that like two Monday or Tuesday they had been home and we didn't know how long everybody would be home for because, you know, all the hosts now can, can broadcast from home. There's technology that allows us to do so. So it was a pretty simple transition and they've all broadcasted from home at different times for different reasons anyway. So we were able to to flip that switch pretty easy, but the producers being home, like there's usually two producers for a show Mm -hmm. and for one of them to be home, that was a huge adjustment. Like I was sitting in a room by myself for months (laughs) and I I, I joke, but I got sick of myself. I would drive to work because I'd, I'd wake up and uh, for uh, for the most part, my, my he worked here in, in Brooklyn and my fiance at this time, she's working for home. She teaches. So she's, you know, working her speech classes with kids in the other room. And so I'd leave her alone. I'd be by myself. And then I'd drive to work by myself. Then I'd go sit in a room by myself. Then I would drive home by myself. And it's just like, man, I'm sick of myself. Like, I don't even, I, I even know what my thoughts are. Like, my, what I'm going to think in, in certain situations I haven't even thought about yet. And I'm just like, man, I need, I need to talk to somebody. So those few hours were, were cathartic for me, like therapeutic. Even though I was in a room by myself, like just be able to talk to other people was, I needed it bad. And that's, that was the big thing with people. I know some people are like, I don't get it. Like you could just stay home, blah, blah, blah. And because of people that need, like, like I need to go somewhere now going to restaurants and bars. Personally, I don't, you don't need to go to a restaurant or bar. You could just go out, go to nature, go away from people, but still get out. But that's what a lot of people say is like, they they're stuck with themselves for so long. They don't know what to do with themselves. Like they're just that all the thoughts that they can ever have are happening in their head. Like, how do you get rid of this? Like, I need to go somewhere. I need to see someone. It's just so tough because you really can't. I mean, even here we're doing it. Everybody's in a different place. I listen, I know they can have a home studio because I have a home studio and it's not the same level of, of what the Michael K show is using, but it's a nice studio though. Thank you. It's it's uh, just a board with a nice little mic. And I decided because we, we have a studio we can go to. But I was like, you know what? 
I have the equipment. I used to do video stuff. I have the equipment. I'm just going to set it up, do it right here. I don't need to go in. Um, I had to go in yesterday to campus and it was just packed. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I don't want to have to come back here to do anything. So it that's, that's the thing you see a lot with people is like, they just can't get out of their heads. There's nothing, there's nobody to talk to. And that's why everybody wants to get out. And that's why everybody's hoping this vaccine really gets rolling. But I've, I've seen I was, I was with you. tons of podcasts, tons of just fill the time. Like I, yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I try and support these businesses as much as possible. Get takeout, things like that. I think I've eaten in a restaurant since this started. Um, inside uh, one time and mm-hmm. outside another three, maybe, maybe four. So that's a total of four or five. And, but I try and go once a week, take out, you know, tip when I can, stuff like that. And yeah. I got no problem with these places even charging an extra couple bucks for their food. I know they got to, no. you know, I, I, I'm rooting for all these places to stay open. I, I, that's why I try, I try not to complain. Like that's why, you know, when things were at the worst, I, as long as I had a job to go to, I can't imagine what these other businesses are still going through. It's not over yet. So no, it's not. I, I was looking at the, um, there's like this little thing you could see, like when, when might you get it? And mine was like July or August. I'm like, Oh, great. Nice, nice little half year still before I even make consideration for the vaccine. But who knows? Maybe schools will get it or I don't see. It'd be great for schools to get it. I would love to get it, but I want the people that need to get it first. Yes. Get it, get it, get the healthcare workers, get to the frontline workers, get it to those guys. Then, come back around to me i could sit in my house for a little longer i mean i could do this i could talk to people that's all you you take care of them first please please take care of them first yeah that, and that's the tough part if, they, if this were i i liken this to uh you know if it were a football game because you know that's that's the language i speak it's, mm-hmm. it's sports it's easy we're, we're like we're moving into the fourth quarter now it's just like now it's crunch time and we still have to you know, remember why we're here and why it's taking so long. Like it'll go faster if everyone just kind of stays in line a, a little bit longer, but easier said than done. We're talking to RJ Santillo. So you worked with the Michael K show for years. What is your relationship like with those guys? Love those guys. Love them. Truly love them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough. I'm, st- I'm still in the show group chat uh, by text. I'm waiting for them to kick me out. I'm sure they will at some point, <laughs> but I, I love those guys. It's, in my opinion, the best show there is. I know that's subjective, uh, but I we felt it in real time. Those guys, everybody works their butt off on that show, and to make it what it was and what it is, it's it's still rolling. It's successful, and and it's not by mistake. Like they did success, didn't find them by mistake. They they work hard, and they're they're, they're friends. I'm lucky enough to, to to call them friends, and uh, I hopefully I can I can see them and we can see people again whenever that is. And how do you feel about um, the person that took over for you in your job? Because you did such a great job there. How do you feel the person that's taken over for you now? Well, I appreciate uh, that. It's nice of you to say. He's great. His name's Anthony, Anthony Pusick. And he, it's, it's an opportunity, just like it was an opportunity for me uh, about five years ago now, uh, which flew by. It's just nuts. Um, but he's great. It's, it's an opportunity and it's a, it's, it's a great room you're walking into. And that's what I told him. And, and that's, that's all we, any of us can ask for in any walk of life, whether that's, you know, a team when you were in high school or college or whatever, and you took over for somebody that was ahead of you that graduated. Like there's always that kind of indoctrination period where everyone kind of gets comfortable, but uh, it's, it's a great room and that's all you can ask for. 
And so you started doing radio in Brockport and then you transitioned to ESPN. How did you make that? How did you get to ESPN? Like, did you have a connection? Did you just grind and look for jobs and eventually you got connected with something? So how do you make that Brockport DJ? By the way, I saw you were a Brockport DJ and you were on air for five hours. I also did uh, radio when I was in college and I had to fight to get two hours. Fight to get two hours. I saw you were for five. I'm like, he got five. I had so joe who is uh one of the producers we had a show together it was very successful and we still had to fight to get two hours all the time <laughs> we had to fight to get to the next one and i saw five hours like how come we couldn't be like that station but anyway doesn't matter you did the brockport radio <laughs> and then you moved to espn radio how did you make that move uh was there connections or just found the job or uh, so the, the way i actually got lucky i'll i'll, I'll keep it short but i'll start at the beginning with with the brockport show that was actually a show that it was a sports talk show and it was brought back by one of the guys ahead of me. He's actually, it, it's wild because everyone went on to do some pretty cool stuff. It, like we kind of knew it in the moment. We, we had some, some special people, um, but you know, Brockport's a smaller state school in Western New York near Rochester, Buffalo, most people are probably more familiar with. And uh, you know, there's like 7,000 people that go there and the people, the, the, the couple of the guys ahead of me, when I was a freshman, they brought back this sports show that had been around like decades earlier. And, um, and, and they brought it back and we just kept it rolling and we were lucky enough where they kind of laid the groundwork, but yeah. And even, even the guy that I hosted with now, he's a morning show host in, in Buffalo now. So you kind of, you kind of knew it in real time. There were some people doing some cool stuff, but after that, I, I had to stop at a, it's a company called Entercom. Um, it's a radio company and I worked in Rochester, which is where I'm from about an hour outside of Buffalo. And I was there for two years. And then I actually applied to ESPN. They, it was a part-time job where they promised me about 18, 20 hours a week, like three, four nights a week. I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday to start. And then they added Wednesdays. And then I moved to overnights, a true overnight. So I'd get to work at like one in the morning. And then uh, I bounced around a little bit, landed on the K show, finally got full-time, was there for five years. And now I work a really strange hours again, oddly enough, where I get to work at like 3 a.m. now. So it's it's kind of come full circle. <laughs> yeah. And for people that are wondering, he's now with DCR. Um, that's at 5 a.m. So you're waking up nice and early. So you're going from an afternoon show where you probably got to sleep in and, you know, work your way up. And now you're waking up at probably 3 a.m. to get ready for work. What's that transi uh, transition been like? Shoot. I, 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 after I worked um, overnights the first time, so I, I, my, my, when I started working five days a week, like five days during the week, which was a, a big deal at the time, um, I'd get up at 11.45 p.m. to go to work to be at work at, by like 1 a.m. And then I'd get home at like 10 a.m. And when I eventually landed on the, on the Michael K show and I'd wake up at like, I don't know, seven or something, mm -hmm. I knew I never felt more rested and I was like, I will never feel more rested in life than I do right now. I can stay up, watch all the games, even watch West Coast games, and still get five, six, seven, eight hours of sleep, nine hours of sleep if I go to bed early. So I was like, I know this won't last forever, so I just want to enjoy sleeping all the time. <laughs> I, uh, but, I tell people that all the time. Well, you can sleep. Do it. Because eventually you're going to hit a point in your life where you're going to have to start waking up. Yeah. I, I, I mean, so I wake up at 2 now. And – I would, the, the best similarity I can give it is 
it's like you have a kid without a kid. Like you wake up at weird hours. Sometimes you wake up and freak out. Like people would freak out about their kid. Like, oh, well, what happened? Are they breathing? Are they doing this? So like I wake up and I don't know what time it is. And it's like a panic and all the, all the feelings come back. <laughs> like your body has no idea what's going on. Well, we, we thank you for uh, not napping during this time and joining us for this time then because oh, no, my, I'd be napping. Oh, don't worry. My nap time's like two o'clock, so don't worry. Okay, good, good. So we can keep it till then. So what is your relationship like with the guys at DCR compared to the guys at TMKS? Uh, I, I was familiar with them. So like when I told you when I first got to um, the station, I worked with Dave Rothenberg and I worked with him on like Wednesdays and Fridays because he was at night. And then I went to, after the overnight shift I had, I worked with Rick DiPietro, who played goalie for that Islanders uh, once upon a time. And then eventually Chris Canty joined the show, who played for the Giants. So I worked with all of them just at different times. And I, I stayed cool with them. I stayed tight with them. You know, we'd text, we'd see each other at different station things. Uh, and I'd usually, I'd be getting in for, for work when they would be leaving. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, we've always been cool. Uh, I, I like working with those guys uh, even back then, but now, especially it's uh you know, they, they've grown a lot. They're, 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 they're all older than me, but I tell them you're, you're like my kids. You went off and we all kind of went off and did our own thing. And now we're, we're back together uh, all as one and they've grown a lot. They've, they've, they've got a lot better and they continue to get better. And so we talked about some of the stuff you do, but what are most of your day-to-day tasks with the show? So I will um, get in around uh, around three is when I aim to get in. And um, I'll get all our sponsors together, all our reads, um, put together any, any you know, news that they need to know. They, they've seen it all by then, but because they, they all do their homework. But And then I'll put together our rundown, which is less like we're going to talk about this at this time. It's just ideas that I have what I think we should be talking about. Like, and I'll kind of I'll kind of give them an order. Like this is our biggest thing today. This is our second biggest thing. And then we'll we'll do the show five to eight. And then I'm there till uh I, I'd say I'd I'd be I'll be there longer once we actually get rolling. But I was there till about 10:30 today. Um, because they kind of encourage us to, to get out when we're done. Like, don't be there longer than you need to. Yeah. Even though there's only about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe eight, nine people that come in every day. They encourage you. They don't want more than like three people there at a time. Yeah. Like on the whole floor, on the whole floor. They're just like, you know, get out when you can. Uh, and then, you know, I'll start to actually get some stuff ready for the next day. I'll do some social media stuff, blast out the podcast, uh, reach out to any guests. Um, uh, like tomorrow, like we, we just booked, uh, Rob Ninkovich, who's one of the ESPN NFL analysts. So we'll have him nice. tomorrow. Um, and just try and set up as much as I, I try and get as much done before my nap as possible. Cause when I wake up, I'm, I, it takes me about five minutes to even remember what day it is. <laughs> We're talking with RJ Santillo. That's funny. Uh, first of all, Rob Ninkovich just kind of subtly said that Rob Ninkovich was a great underrated player for the, in those Pats dynasties. He really was. I didn't even know he was an analyst though. Yeah, dude, those Patriots, they just they just find their way to ESPN. I don't even know how it happens. Well, you get one, and then they're like, oh, you should get this. You know, this guy knows a lot. You should get this guy. You know, this guy Teddy knows Bruce, a lot. Teddy Bruschi laid the foundation. 
Yeah, I mean, he's pretty he's pretty good on there too. So and he was pretty good player too. Yeah, it's funny because you know you come from the Belichick system, and everyone says he's so smart. I guess that's who you'd want on there. Although I do love me a little Rex Ryan, especially in the afternoons with uh, Bart Scott and Alan Hahn. He is oh Rex, that's a, a character. I I, I I try regularly now that I book guests. That I've tried every week to steal him, and I'm, I'm unsuccessful so far. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. What do you think about uh, your 49ers? How do you think they're doing this offseason? How do you think they're going to do next season? Give me a couple thoughts on the Niners. It's tough. This was, this, was, this was a win year for them. The window was open. They had everyone under contract, and next, next year uh, will not be the same. <laughs> whenever you, It's sad whenever you're good because they were they went to the Super Bowl last year, and now they're already – I'm not going to say they're bad again, but they had such a down year, all the injuries and stuff. But, um, and the tough part is like one of my jobs here is also um, working on the Jets broadcast. Like we're the home of the Jets. So I actually, I, I produce the Jets flagship broadcast here mm-hmm. and the game, like, you know, I keep it down the middle when we're working, obviously, <laughs> but I was working in the game when all the 49ers got hurt. Like there were like eight, like it was that game with like eighteen guys. You know, you remember the turf thing? Like, yeah, oh, they were saying, "Oh, MetLife is is that's where everybody gets hurt." I was working that game, and I'm just like watching, and I can't say anything. My eyes get wide. I'm just like, again, another one, again. But uh, it, it'll be tough. They, they, the salary cap. I, th- I think it's going to go down a little. I think I think people overstate um, the financial troubles of the NFL. I, I they're not going to make as much money as they normally but they're not they're hardly you know need to go to the uh you know uh, the the handout line they're not making as much as they normally would like but a sport like hockey like hockey's getting crushed hockey's gonna lose a ton of money yeah Uh, baseball lost a ton of money last year uh the nba lost a lot of money like a quarter billion dollars to put that bubble together um but as far as i mean i trust them i guess it's simple version to keep around who they see fit but whenever you're good you get a couple you get a couple of years if especially if your quarterback's not on a, on a rookie deal like like garoppolo's not that's why everyone talks about getting rid of garoppolo because you can't get rid of everyone else so if you can get rid of one guy save 25 million then that's that's how, that's what you do i guess but i, I think he'll still be there next year but what do i, I was just i was just about to ask because i say what are your thoughts do you think they keep garoppolo move on from garoppolo or I like Jimmy. I, I know Jimmy. Listen, the the easiest way I can put it, I know it's easy to talk about getting rid of Jimmy because he's, you know, he's not Brady and he's not Rodgers. He's not Mahomes. He's not Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. But you know what they don't do when he doesn't play? They don't win, like, ever. So I'm not saying he's the reason they win, but I, I don't think it hurts. Yeah, well, the quarterback is the most important position. So when you have your backup or your third strings in – it's just not the same as having someone like yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. He brought you to the Super Bowl. He was he was one, you know, three yard overthrow to Emmanuel Sanders away from. I'm not gonna say they would have won that game because Mahomes still gets the ball back with you know a minute and a half left. But different game then. I've, yeah, you got the you got the lead, but it, boy, it, it, the way that game was going, if they had played another you know five minutes, San Fran may have lost by thirty. Like Kansas yeah. City couldn't they couldn't stop scoring. They're un, they're unbelievable to watch. It's just like Mahomes goes out there and does what he wants. It doesn't matter. I really hope I remember, he plays. I remember the Miami game. Uh, I think it was like week 13 or something. And there was a Jets game happening. So you can only kind of, you know, poke in and out. 
But our, our game, the Jets game went to a, a commercial. And I saw they were down 10 nothing to the Dolphins, the Chiefs. On, like on the red zone or whatever. The next commercial break, I see the same score and it's 21 to 10. And I no more than eight, nine in real time minutes went by. And I, I nudged the guy next to me. I go, that, that can't be right. It was 10 minutes ago. They were down by 10. Now they're up by 11. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then they, they, like on the red zone, they recap the highlights. I was like, they like they scored. They had like a two-play drive where they scored on, on like an 80-yard bomb. And then I think they had like a pick six. And then they forced a punt and got the ball back and scored in like three plays again. It just doesn't even make sense. No. And then the – it was uh I don't even remember what week Tyreek Hill had 203 yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter. <laughs> it's like what? What? You put those two together, but we're talking about uh, RJ Santillo. We got a couple more questions here. Uh, what's your ultimate goal in radio? What do you hope to accomplish with radio or with your career? Um, this this will seem like a cop out, but I just want to do cool stuff. That's that's what I tell people all yep. the time because. The truth of it is I never thought I'd get this far. I never thought I'd, you know, work on the, a show like the Michael K show that's, you know, simulcast or produce a show like in some sort of weird morning hours. I don't, I, it's not like a true morning hours where it's like a six to 10, but, you know, five to eight, I'll, I'll take it. There's a couple, a couple of good hours in there. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of go step by step and then reevaluate. I haven't set the next pinpoint yet. Uh, I try and take it one goal at a time and just, be adaptable. I don't know where this industry is going. You know, mm-hmm. podcasts weren't even were hardly a thing. You know, ten years ago, and now they're a huge thing. So, I keep my mind open. To everything, whatever, whatever cool thing is available, and someone thinks I can help them do it, and I'm I'm always I'm always uh, game to listen. And if somebody that's trying to come up in the radio industry, uh, what advice would you give them to keep going and stuff like that? The, the beginning is hard. The beginning is hard. Getting started, it's like writing a paper. The beginning. <laughs> Yeah, I, we've all been there where you're sitting there staring at your computer. It's 2 a.m. and you're like, oh, my God, I need to write 12 more pages. And But once you get that first page rolling, that, that's kind of the, the career path. Like, the beginning is hard. Uh, finding someone that will give you a shot can be the toughest part. But once it gets going, um, there, there, I mean, there's sacrifice. Like, there's you're going to work strange hours. Like, I wake up at 2 a.m., some people look at it and they're like, oh, that's cool. You get to work a sports show, this and that. Some people are like, what's wrong with you? And I understand both <laughs> sides. I get both sides. I truly do. Um, but once you get a little bit of, of um, gratification, it's it's addicting. Like, that's what keeps you going, at least for me. RJ, thank you for joining us and we'll be right back. got another top-notch interview today that was a lot of fun rj was the man i'm glad that we had uh, he came on and we were able to talk to him and stuff like that i hope everybody out there enjoyed it um rj does not have a podcast but hopefully he'll have one if he gets a podcast this show you will hear about it first because we are absolutely going to talk about his podcast if he comes out with a podcast 100 percent We'll talk about a podcast because I want a podcast. So if he comes on with one, definitely listen to DCR. That's on ESPN Radio in New York. You can listen to that on the ESPN app or anywhere you get podcasts. If you're listening to podcasts, that's the man that makes the podcast. So when you're listening to podcasts, I'll cut up and stuff like that. That's he's the one that does it. So you can listen to the podcast version of it like I do when I run. 
or you can listen to it on ESPN Radio New York. They're on at 5 o'clock in the morning uh, Eastern time. So if you're out here in the West like I am, uh, you're probably listening to it on podcast form. Or you're up and you're listening to their morning, your night. Doesn't matter. Go listen to it. And listen to Michael K. Show, too. He was the former producer of Michael K. Show. Personally, one of my favorite sports talk shows. I listen to that when I run a lot as well. So go listen to those things. RJ is the absolute man. He is, uh, I'm glad he was able to join us. Now, if you want to follow off stage, which I know you do, like, I know you want to follow off stage. Like, that's why you're here. You want to follow us. And I get it. I understand. I get it. Don't worry. I got it. If you want to follow off stage, you can go on Instagram, off.stage.radio. You can go on Twitter, offstage radio. We're also on YouTube as offstage radio. Or you can go to Schnabel Productions. That's S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L productions.com slash offstage radio. You can find everything you're looking for there. Last week, we had Rob Sacre on. Uh, if you want to go listen to him, he's former Zag, former Laker. He was awesome. He was hilarious. He's the man. Um, definitely a good one to join. Uh, we had Victor Rojas on before that, and Dave Puglisi. So we had a couple. We have some good guests already in 2021. If you want to go even further back, we had Darren Nefsi and Ryu Carr. We had Carter Caps. We had Vince Papali. Oh, I could go. Let's go. Oh, we kick Quill. I could go on and on and on and on and on about all these guys we had. So definitely go check those out. We have individual interviews plus the full interviews, depending on if you want to listen to me ranting, not ranting, but going on and on like I am right now. Then you can listen to the full interview. If you want to listen to just the person, you don't want to hear me. You barely want to hear me. Go to the the individual interviews. So you can definitely do all that. But thank you for joining us. By the way, if anybody didn't notice. We're back in the studio, baby. The home studio is back. We're not in Isaac anymore. Maybe maybe in the future. But for now, we're back in our comfort zones. We're back in our comfort zones. Thank you for joining us on Offstage Radio. Definitely go follow RJ um, on social media. Go follow us on social media. Listen to old ones. Point out new podcasts. That would be dope. Uh, send us who you want to hear on the, on Offstage Radio. We can try to get them on so you can listen to them and stuff like that. And see you guys later. Thank you so much. Deuces later. Peace. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Deuces later. Peace. Wear a mask. That's a song for you. You can listen to that all the time as long as you wear your mask. All right, guys. See you later. Boom. Later. Later.